0: Did y'all hear my impersonation of Jazz right there?
1: I did. That's pretty accurate.
2: My daughter eats hot dogs with ketchup and mayo. Is she a serial killer?
1: No. I have never put mayonnaise on hot dogs. I know one other person in my entire life that did it. I
0: I don't do it, but... Ketchup and mayonnaise is the best condiment ever invented. Fry sauce. So the fact that she found it out in this early in life make, might, might make her a genius.
3: Have y'all watched Bluey?
0: I
4: have
1: not.
3: Quality television.
1: Bluey's awesome. <gasps>
3: so good. Bluey? I put it on just, just like for shits and giggles, and then my partner and I watched like five episodes. <laughs> We're like, this dad is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Seen
1: every fucking one. It's great. Yo, Gabba
2: Gabba is scary as shit.
1: Which one? Is that the one where they got like the, the freaky little, like, long arm, like.
5: Yeah, the dancing dildo. Yeah.
1: Turn <laughs> <laughs> turn to turn this back.
4: <laughs> He's not wrong.
5: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast, the TTRPG podcast that's not afraid to use its most recent bout with COVID to make you feel, you know, a little sympathetic, maybe a little generous. Huh? We'll get to it. My name's Turner. I'll be your dungeon master and host of pre, mid, and post show announcements, at least until Tori takes over these, because according to the Patreon polls, that's pretty much what you guys want to hear anyway, so it's good to know I'm appreciated. Thanks. Episode 11. Finally done with the Evaluative Derby, the Dungeon Master desperately tries to move the cast along, but one particular cast member felt we should spend a little extra time in town. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Like new or old, either way, we sincerely appreciate you making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedule. And a special thank you to our patrons, whose generosity helps us bring you bigger and better content. Of course, a reminder, Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly show due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, gore, and ass. Just ass hanging out the entire goddamn time. Any additional content warnings will be in the show notes below. Finally, before we get into the episode, and fuck, I wish this wasn't as timely a statement as ever, but we are encouraging everyone to head over to BradyUnited.org to explore how they can get involved in helping combat the epidemic of gun violence that we currently face in the U.S., It's not about taking away rights, it's about common sense and safety in our communities, especially the communities our patrons live in. And not just because they give us money, it's because we like them more than you, because they give us money. Seriously, it's an important issue that we're going to keep talking about, so please check out the link in the show notes below to see how you can help. It doesn't take much to be a better hero than one of the party of five. Here's your chance. And on that note, let's start the show. We are back with the Party of Five.
3: And I am Tori, and I know how to do an intro
0: confidently. Who does Tori
5: play? Arlen, I can't hear you.
0: Who does Tori play? Oh, the, how'd the mic get turned around? <laughs> <laughs> how'd the, how the mic get turned around? Who did that? How'd the, how the mic get turned around? Stupid mic. Why'd you bash me like that, microphone? why you embarrass me like that? <laughs> oh my, oh my God. God The microphone has never turned around like that. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm talking right into it and ca- and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh my
1: <laughs> God <laughs> no, I'm not talking into it at all. <laughs> I was saying,
0: we know you're Tori, but who are you playing, Tori? Uh, so close. So
3: close. The other half. Well, if his microphone wasn't turned around, he wouldn't have missed his line that we practiced beforehand where where he asked me, who are you playing, Tori? And I say, I am playing Maury. <laughs> <laughs> Confidently.
5: Confidently, not accurately.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I am Maury the ooze with nothing
0: to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I am Harlan and I play Todd the League a.k.a. T-O-double-D, a.k.a. your favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter. I would like y'all to let y'all know that Lobo wishes he had the Todd Rod. First of all,
5: Caliente. <laughs> oh, no.
0: Uh, I the, the A.k.a. the Todd father, a.k.a. your MVT, bringing that B-T-E, Todd. Ah! <laughs> He's the greatest in the universe.
1: The day that I joined in on the, uh, I think it's the day that I just, put my head in the oven after this. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Look, Jamie, I am I am inarguably dead inside. You fucking get on that train because it'll bring that just a spark of joy to your life, motherfucker. You do it. You do it. It's almost like I like I believe in Christmas again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, I am Jamie. I play Eldrin. And did you know that due to a misprinting in guidebooks, that there was a period when ethereal filters were nearly hunted to extinction as a result of a name based panic? One incorrect letter was all it took to convince people that these creatures were not interplanal pickpockets, but instead were popping out of the ethereal plane to eat people's asses. Wait, whoa,
5: whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I uh, I be honest, it was was a little bit cl- a little bit clenched <laughs> right, yep. after last week's yeah, outing. The, he didn't get racial <laughs> with this one, <laughs> and the good news is I unclenched and reclenched, but for different reasons through this one. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because mm. yeah, he
0: brought
4: analingus into the into the. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Yeah.
5: yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm um, already got the giggles tonight we always set Jazz up in the worst possible Uh, way. It's like, (laughs) hey, Jazz, uh, follow that ass-eating joke. Go. And
3: that's our cue for Jazz.
1: All right. So, yeah. um, How do you follow felching? I don't know. Uh, I I don't know
4: how, I don't know, I don't know how you follow analingus. Generally with a little mouthwash. I mean...
1: (laughs) (laughs)
5: Mm. Mm. Yeah,
4: that's, this is where I do my ad spot for uh, Listerine. (laughs) This is Jazz. I play Fate on this podcast and I've spent a lot of time recently catching back up on listening to this podcast and trying to figure out why everybody blames me for not casting Fireball enough. And you know what? I kind of get it. It's, it seems like it has its place in the universe. It's just, it's a really well-rounded spell.
5: That was his intro? (laughs) Did he turn his intro into a couch session? Yeah, I'm sorry. I would been I was distracted. I had a whole tux, mint flavored, you know why <laughs> thing running through my head the entire time. <laughs> So I couldn't buy into Whatever the fuck that just was That came out of Taz's mouth (laughs) It's
0: a spearmint Spearmint flavored Tux A cooling sensation for your your Butt and your mouth
5: Just in case
0: (laughs) Why does Tux have a mint
2: flavor? You know why Tux And I am Anthony, who plays Babatunde.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish this was a live stream because Anthony's thousand-yard stare during the fucking minty tux. <laughs> it was again kudos for making that come across in your voice. But
1: woo. hear the oh. hello darkness come on right behind. <laughs> hello.
5: Darkness, my old friend. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, so so we we pick up. You guys had just completed the Evaluative Derby, managing to sonic boom your way past a blue shell and not get blasted at the end. As the sole survivors, you were the winners of the Evaluative Derby. You guys were able to recover Ognum's body, uh, discover that the modification to the pentahedron bond that he was able to do now being inside the bond changed the distance restriction to not teleporting you back towards each other physically, but swapping you around spiritually in a situation that led to a very brief body swap confusion where fucking Baba mega critted for the first time, but, you know, (laughs) Ognum did. So I guess that counts. And uh, Mori shot some arrows and we met. And lost poor Fabio. R.I.P. <laughs> Moment of silence for a, for a beautiful, beautiful horse. <laughs> beautiful soul. <laughs> but Kilnocchio, having slaughtered the halflings, made one last-ditch attempt to run you guys off the road, but uh, was bound to his chair and left behind and was able to uh, escape to fight another day, perhaps to round up a few more of your rogues gallery to kill off in another loose in tying side quest at the start of Season 4. We'll see how that pans out. But for now, we actually opened back up inside Ognum's lab. You guys, having absconded with his body, slipped back into the city. We'll just say did a chicken run on the guards again. We're able to get back inside the ethereal plane pretty pretty easily.
1: Worst guards ever.
5: They they aren't that great. You know the drill.
1: Fascinated by chickens, yeah.
5: They have little blink, blink, a pops above their head, little arrow, and fucking they go chasing after the chickens. <laughs> you guys are now standing in the lab with. Ognam's head poking out of Maury's shoulder, giving you guys instructions on laying the massive cylinder that has his body frozen inside of it onto a, um, not like a hospital bed, but it's more like a raised platform that's at about an 80 degree angle that you set it into and some clamps come out and click onto the side and then lower it flat. Ognum directs you to hook some tubes up to it, Maury, and you know, has you gesture your hands over it and there's a pulse of energy out onto his body, and another pulse of energy out. Oh, well, um, gentlemen, uh, I'm having a uh, a spot of trouble uh, reintegrating myself. Uh, I, you know, I, I think the situation might be that we need to connect the circuit again, so to speak. So if y'all come in and just uh, join hands real quick, and uh, more if you'll put a pseudopod Back on the canister, I will uh, reproject myself into the body using using all of the pentahedron abilities, and we should uh, we should be good to go, and, and everything will be back to normal, and there'll be no consequences for my actions whatsoever. So if we could just do that now, that, that would be fantastic.
1: Is this going to hurt?
5: For, Eldrin, when, when have I ever told you that it's going to hurt?
1: Never. But it always does. It always does. <laughs> it's not a surprise, though.
5: That's right. That's right. That's the joy of the discovery of science.
0: So, everybody, join hands. You don't have a body for it to hurt you, so I don't think you're going to get hurt, are you? It's just just us?
5: I have two bodies in this (laughs) situation. Thank you very much. So, well, let's let's just see what happens. First of all, everybody joins hands. Everybody scoops in.
4: Yeah, yeah.
5: (laughs) Okay. You guys circle up, hold hands, start just instinctively swaying back and forth a little bit to the rhythm of a unknown campfire song.
4: (laughs) Oh, no, not kumbaya.
5: And then you hear, surprise, Eldrin! And a beam shoots into the back of Eldrin. God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Let's do this, Eldrin. Since you asked for it, roll a d20. High, it feels really, really, really good. Low, It hurts.
1: Uh, okay.
3: You might get to experience a new feeling. That's exciting. <laughs> it's science.
0: D20. Is it alien science? Because we know where that feeling is going to hurt. Oh, it's rectal.
4: Oh, <laughs> That's not. It's a four. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Spinal.
5: It's a four. It hurts very bad. Very bad. In the tux. <laughs> <laughs> in the zone. Tux- in the tux zone. <laughs> <laughs> the tuck
3: zone. <laughs> Wait, the, the tux. Like the, like. Tuck's TM or like his from his previous
5: puck? Yes. Yes.
1: Oh no. Oh <laughs> uh, both? <laughs> yes. The answer is. Yes. Yes.
5: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think. I think they've they came very close to being the same thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> so there is a a rippling shock of pain as this beam shoots into you. Your pentahedron badges flare into life. Now Baba with your stabilizing shard materializing in place at the center of your badge, Mori, with your stabilizing shard also materializing in your badge, the rest of you still unstabilized. The energy spools around and starts to draw into the middle and gets this cyclonic rotation and starts to turn into this downward funnel to where these silver arcing bands that you've seen when your bodies have been reformed after death creates this twisting vortex that then stabs down into Agam's body and there's a flash and your eyes go silvery white for a second and y'all stumble back and, and break hands, break the circuit. And from Maury's shoulder, you hear, well, this, uh, is going to be a little bit more of a challenge than I thought. Um, but I do very thankfully have a plan B. Wait, where's the robot body of me? Anybody? On the ladder?
4: Um, it was on the sled.
5: Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Let's, uh, let's go grab it and, uh. He directs you guys to go grab the clockwork version of him and put it on a different platform that was at an 80 degree angle that rotates back and clamps it down. Making you really curious, how many people restraining platforms that for medical experimentation does Ogman have in his lab? <laughs> More than
4: enough. Uh, excuse, excuse me, excuse me, Agno. um y- y- Yes, me, yeah. I, I see all of these platforms and I'm just, uh, forgive me, I, I, may, I might be prime, but just for some reason, curiosity got the better of me. Um, are, are all of these purely for research or are some of
1: these for more um, extracurricular? He's asking if they're a sex thing a sex thing?
5: <laughs> well, what? That can also be a research. Yeah, six of one, half a dozen of the other fate, your dick's out. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I'm in, in the middle of something really important. I think I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> Just been standing here the whole time. <laughs>
5: you know, I've been waiting all day to like, how deep into the episode can we get before I have to have somebody tell fate his dick's out? Didn't even get out of Ognum's lab. I'm disappointed. <laughs> but, you know, it had to happen.
1: I still see it when I close my eyes. It's... It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's burned in there.
5: Oh, just went. Oh, no. He has to spend a little bit of time repairing it after the considerable amount of damage that he, Baba, and Maury Eldrin did to it while they were uh, absconding from the tower. But he is able to rebuild something that looks like much more of a purely mechanical but infused with a level of... um, You've seen the, the 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 warforged in Sama, the mercantile warforged, were all purely mechanical, but they were much more industrial. They were plates, steels, and bolts, and pistons, and this thick metal cording. Even before Ognum started working on it, this duplicate of him was already artfully done. But after he gets his hands on it, you start to see where, you know, you guys have known Ognum is smart. You guys have known that Ognum has a level of ability that a lot of other artificers don't. But this is the first time, really, that you are... Privy to the level of genius and the level of artistry that he's able to do when he's hyper-focused in the moment. And at the end of it, there is this intricate mechanism of gears and crystals and wires and arcane conduit. And you're pretty sure there is a hourglass full of fairy dust in there. There is this infinitely complex clockwork version of him laying on the slab when at the end of it, he goes, more if you would do the honors. He has you extend a pseudopod out and place it on a crystal vial of water that has shavings of the pentahedron stabilizing agents that you guys have gathered. And a couple of crystals that you guys don't recognize, but when you get around them, there's a weird vibrational hum that makes the back of your teeth chatter. And there is a silvery spark, uh, similar to what the vortex was like, but on a much smaller scale. And then the robotic or the clockwork, because again, robotic is, is too obtuse a word for for this creation the clockwork ognum sits up and goes well okay i'm going to have quite a project uh number one explaining this to Tied and the kids uh but number two figuring out how to get myself back into a body i might be the first person that ever does this but gentlemen you know here's the thing i'm afraid we're going to have to part ways for some time i've got to uh pack up my body uh and um That's a phrase you don't hear yourself saying very, very often. And my crucial lab equipment and go find Tied at uh, our third safe house and, uh, you know, get the kids and Tied settled in again and um, spend a little bit time on that and probably a lot of a time apologizing to him. He's going to be mad. Yeah, he's not. He's not going to be happy. There will will be many things that I will have to do.
3: It's going to be worse than that time with the goose.
5: Oh, for certain. For certain. That, that fucking thing. What? And you hear this speculating, what? echoing through the rafters, and Clockwork Ognum ducks down a little bit. He's like, don't, don't, don't mention it directly. If he if he knows you acknowledge it, he may come out again. No, one moves. But, you know, you've got the Major. you've got the compass, uh, if you remember it, you know, along the course of an arc and not until the very end. <laughs> uh then I am sure you'll be able to find your way where you need to go. But, I will uh, of course be monitoring you in secret but, uh, when I get the opportunity to and uh, Ogsar is always available if if you should need me. But, but I I I'm afraid we won't be seeing us each other for for quite some time. Th- there are so many questions. Ognum, what happened to you? Oh I was killed, fate.
2: <laughs> Who has done such a thing?
5: So when you guys when you guys leave, I don't cease to exist. Like I have a whole rich, full life when you're not around. Where you had one. Yeah. Got <laughs> <No>. him. <laughs> Somebody got spicy in the afterlife. No. <laughs> <laughs> he brought back more than smites with him. <laughs> so um, I had hired some contractors to retrieve some equipment from mine that was being held by one of my old paramours. Uh, Emil, he makes the phones. You might have heard of him. Real douchebag. Um, it was college. What do you know? And, um, uh, and, uh, they survived, but weren't necessarily successful, which allowed Emil to trace them back to me. And then I sent a second set of contractors out to do a train heist, uh, to get, uh, a chemical that would have allowed me to make the Winna Major waterproof. Uh, the first time it was, I was going to use what I got to, to, to install some weapons on the Winna Major. Um, but, at uh, that time, uh, Emil's team actually intercepted my contractors and made off with the goods. Um, Emil then used that material to poison a small village and frame me for it. Um, which meant I had to pack up the kids and send them to safe house C while I went to my mountain redoubt. Um, where I thought I could, I could stay for a while and come up with a plan to, uh, you know, uh, discover enough evidence to turn the tables back on Emil. But unfortunately he uh he hired some incredibly competent and at least one extremely crit having lucky son of a bitch <laughs> a team of Amsunian commandos who managed to sneak in and kill me. So that's, that's half of the story. The other half is that Mori here. Say hello Mori. I don't like you. you asked me to do it. it. Made me nervous. Okay, I'm sorry dear. I forget sometimes. I forget so Maury here, hello. Um, has and he points over to a canister that is slightly off camera from all the other times that you guys have been in Ognum's laboratory. That when you go back and you rerun this through the mental pictures, there's the canister with this green goo in the background the entire time that swirls around and occasionally pushes up against the side of it like it's watching you. It's Maury. I actually discovered Maury um, shortly after um, I discovered the uh, the Winemacho. Um, but I thought she was just an inert pile of goo. Um, but when uh, when you guys came along, we all
3: have those days, you know.
5: Yeah, well, I know. I hear you. I hear you.
3: Yeah, we're just you never feel like an,
5: an inert pile of goo. Yep, all the time. <laughs> it's better than being an inanimate carbon rod, though. Mm. It's those inanimate carbon rod days that get me down. <laughs> Sorry, real deep cut Simpsons reference. Apologies. <laughs> in rod we trust. Yep. Uh, in rod we trust. <coughs> so, uh, so, uh, you know. When you guys accidentally, and it was you guys, not my fault at all, <laughs> accidentally summoned Nelim Ratwa. And he looks around the rafters again really quickly. Like he's afraid to sing Nelim Ratwa will summon it. Um, Mori reacted. Um, she has a natural affinity to the pentahedron energies. I've never seen anything like it on any other creature. There's a synergy there. Like you know, it's going to kill you guys eventually, but she could actually survive the process. She also has some interesting memetic capabilities. Uh, That I discovered while we were, uh, you know, once I discovered she might be sentient, I started training her initially, you know, like a pet. But then I realized, oh, wait, she's got a personality. And then there was like, oh, she can do these other things. And I had to start treating her like a person. (coughs) And then, uh, you know, I started thinking of her maybe as a foster daughter for at least the tax Um, (laughs) write-off.
3: We're unpacking a lot here, Augie.
5: A a lot. That's a lot. Fate asked for me to recap season two again, like apparently. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Mori has the ability to store, uh, psyches. So I used her as a, uh, um, this is really going to paint me in a weird light, but okay. Here we go. I used Mori as an escape capsule for my psyche and like soul. Let's call it soul for, for giggles it, in the event that my body was killed. Um, I then launched her. To you guys containing my psyche and soul, um, using a homing device that would have zero in on the compass, uh, that, that I gave y'all. Because here's the thing. I knew that even in Mori's body, I would start to degrade fairly quickly if I didn't have a substantial source of psychic energy to power, power, uh, the matrix within her that held my mind. Um, and I knew there was really one source of that. So, um, you know, um, I crashed a rocket into Moyle and had her eat Moyle. Yeah, that's, um. <gasps> you ate Moyle. Well, you know, it, she wasn't necessarily in full control of her faculties at the time. So. But, but you were. I will consume you all.
1: Wait, what? Easy girl.
5: <laughs> Just kidding.
3: We're friends.
4: Ognum, <laughs> uh, Ag- you. Y- you, s- you chose to sacrifice Moyle to save yourself? Well, well, yes, fate. To save
5: all of us. I mean, this is really about. All of us, isn't it? (laughs) I I made the decision that was best for the group as a whole.
3: That's what dads do. This is family guys, this in case you didn't know. (laughs) Yeah.
5: See? Look at this. Right there. She knows. This is called love. Fist pump. There we go. That's my girl. That's what I've been told. That's my girl. (laughs) But no, you know, see, here's the thing. I didn't think there was going to be any way, particularly that I would survive unless Maury had a shard in her. Um Moyle was the only one of you that was made of material that Mori could easily consume and that I wouldn't feel as guilty about her consuming. Through a amazing act of divine providence, the ancestors had already uh, extracted Moyle's soul and a good portion of the incredibly powerful psychic essence that was in his shard to maintain their reality. And so, you know, it was a win-win. Moyle's fine. I got to survive and put myself back into a Mechanical body, and you guys got a new friend. Hmm.
1: What would have happened if you didn't time that exactly that way? Would Moyle have just been erased?
5: Yes. This is my first fucking day, Eldrin. <laughs> you see what is behind me? I built an interdimensional fucking cosmic reactor. I don't fucking forget to carry the two.
4: <laughs> so just, just to make sure I'm understanding this correctly, if... Baba hadn't sacrificed Moyle already to the ancestors, would there have been the three of you stuck in that form currently?
1: Or I guess previously. Oh man, the fart smell.
5: What makes you feel better, Fate?
4: Would it? Feel, does it make you feel better if I say yes? Just, just I'm just trying to make sure I'm carrying the one in this conversation. Also,
5: I'm really glad we're litigating this moment right now. I'm really glad we are, Fate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad we are. <laughs> your ass is out too, you motherfucker.
1: Showing the <laughs> whole
5: ass right now in my lab. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm just... Okay. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I just want to say... I just want to say that I understand we have a working relationship here. And it's been hard for me to trust you through sometimes. I feel that sometimes um, you put us in situations we might not need to be in. And this truly just feels...
3: Um... Like a family. What?
4: Thank you, Maury. <laughs> no. I just feel like maybe it could have been me, and I'm a little I'm a little scared. That's all I'm saying. Sir, uh, Fate, I'm going to have to
0: tell you this. Fate, did you not read the sign that said no shoes, no pants, no service when you walked through
5: the door? <laughs> Why are you asking all these questions? So, Fate, look, let me assure you, you don't have the resources I would need to utilize you for my survival. <laughs> so, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. I, I assure you. No, look, gentlemen. Um. I realize that some of uh, the the problem is uh, proving the multiverse, proving that there is an interdimensional reality beyond ours, that there is something besides us and the pocket dimensions that mages generate. has been my life's work. And, And it has made me an outcast and a laughingstock amongst my own community. And then you, and I say this with all the love in my heart that I possibly can manage, in the respect that my heart is frozen in a tube over there. (laughs) Idiots (laughs) wandered into my lab out of nowhere with the proof of my thesis embedded into your bodies. And I might have gone a little bit bonkers. I do tend to get very hyper-focused on things sometimes. And so, yes, Fate, I apologize. I do tend to get a little ends-justify-the-meansy when there are greater cosmic truths that we are set to reveal. Plus, I very well could have rubbed so many motherfuckers' noses in it if I'd proven this shit true. That I definitely have, um, I definitely have wronged you guys, and I am um, okay. I I guess um I should be more uh, conscious of my actions in the future. And he looks to you guys like, is that what you want? Is that is that how somebody would say that? <laughs> is that is that the right response?
4: So, all right. So, in here, in here, in hearing all of that, fate nods turns to Baba. Um, Baba? uh, Ognam, thank you for that moment of honesty. Yes, that, I guess that is what I needed to hear and in that kind I shall say this to Baba. Baba, I, I feel as though I owe you an apology. Um, given the, the, the same, I guess, ends justifying the mean and the severity of what we're experiencing, I, I interfered in your fight with, with Oh, shit. You did what?
1: Oh, that good.
5: I'm gonna pack up my stuff. Yo, hey guys, did, you we you know Winemajo's parked out in the woods. Why don't you guys go discuss this on the walk to the woods? Because I'm gonna. Uh, and Ogum just starts to inch away from you guys after you said that. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna go be over here. I think maybe a little bit. Um,
4: <laughs> so um um yeah um there was a moment when you were before you right before you died. I was just I was actually just trying to save you from the killing blow itself, and um. I cast the spell on Zwide that was invisible to all onlookers, trying to just make him not kill you. And it didn't seem to work anyway. So I, I at least I attempted to interfere, but it didn't really change much of anything. But does a 15 hit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Look, if you think a prep downtime episode is irritating, you're not the one who has to find an organic point to insert a mid-show break. Announcements this episode. A reminder, of course, that we are streaming Mondays, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, over on Twitch. We don't play D&D on the streams, but we do create characters, have a new segment called One Shot in the Dark, brought to you by none other than Tori, where we Mad Libs up a one-shot format interview community members, do rules, deep dives. So head over to twitch.tv forward slash GMDLCast to check it out. And hey, you know, while I am very, very clear about the patrons being our most important people that we, we know, uh, you know, there are other people too. I mean, we have families, some of us talk to them, but we also have the really cool people in our discord, a fabulous community that we opened up recently to all fans of the show. So, hey, that link, show notes below, check it out too. And while you're out on the internet, clicking on links, being all heroic, doing good things, head over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and rate, review, and subscribe. Tell the almighty algorithm whose feet we shall one day worship at that we are important and that it's fucking and nailing those Instagram purchase recommendations. Seriously, keep it the fuck up. That is some cool shit. It's got taste, man. It's got real taste. Anyway, back to the show. Does a fifteen hit, Fate?
4: Uh, I am naked
5: at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, Apparently, man. the pants are what held all of Fate's emotions <laughs> in.
4: No, 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 no. So I'm just trying to double check, make sure my AC stuff changes up. So,
5: no, I don't think your pants really were adding to your AC. So
4: I was trying to remember what all got lost. So I still got the cloak. So yeah, that. Well, oh, I don't have mage armor cast at the moment, so... mm mm-hmm. Look,
5: yeah, 15 hit
4: Four plus one, 15. Yeah, 15 hits.
5: You decking him, or are you fucking stabbing him?
4: Oh, I'm I'm stabbing him.
5: <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, okay.
4: Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Shit just got real. Uh, uh, Shield? Wait, we got... Shield?
5: Yeah, so, f- fate, walk me through the shield that pops up.
4: I immediately just, like, I see it coming, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of figured this would be the response, so I just... Wave my hands around in like a big circle and manifest like his shield protruding outward to try and catch the Icula and like maybe deflect it to the left and then immediately go to backing away. Like, Baba flees, no.
2: <laughs> if if I am, and Baba can't even get the words out, he swings again.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so this is
4: this when he hit. Oh, no. Uh, doesn't it? My shield shouldn't. No, it meets. It bumps you five. Oh, it meets. Yeah, it does hit. So that one hits.
5: I roll damage.
0: Todd's thinking about stopping this fight. <laughs> But he still remembers he went to sleep once.
1: Oh.
5: Oh, fucking Christ.
2: (laughs) How close is he to somebody else?
5: Who, Todd or Fate? Sneak attack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You guys are all in a cluster by the front door. So Ogden had been like slowly... He was given that monologue to fate. He was slowly inching back and you guys were kind of drug along in his orbit. So you guys are all right next to the front door now. So, yep.
2: So he, he hits him for nine. And at that point, he just it looks at him and just like, these rituals, these things that we do, they may seem backwards to you, but they mean something to us. Never interfere in what we have going on. No, no excuses. I don't want to hear it. And he, he actually heals him for the nine.
4: <laughs> Baba, <But laughs> I... I know what I did is inexcusable. You would, you would, I would. I just, I just want to say this. Would it not be pertinent to keep you alive in order to save your clan from the fate that would fall upon the world given what we are tied into? The, n- you would die and allow your clan to die also? The ritual is what the ritual
2: was. It was not for you to interfere. The fates, the ancestors decide the will of my people, not you. Interfere again in something that I tell you to stay
0: out of and you will die. Fair enough? So might we all? Ty wouldn't let him talk to me like that if I was you. (laughs) Ty wouldn't take that.
5: As Baba turns away to walk out, as he pivots away, you see the ghostly image of Tanage now fully visible behind him as if like a shadow that stays in place as he walks away and she just makes eye contact with you, Fate, looks down at your junk looks back up at you, gives you a little sad head shake (laughs) and then fades away. It's clearly cold in Ogden's. uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: little,
5: little insult to injury (laughs) for fucking with her brother's ritual. Anything else you guys want to do in the city before you head to the winter major to get on the road? Uh,
0: did we win anything? Did Todd win anything for the race? There should be a prize. I
2: like how you changed from we to Todd. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) You guys were on the the thing, but I was doing the the steering. The captain. Were you steering the whole time? I think I remember I was doing some steering. The captain. Mm -hmm. A baseball team has a whole team, but the pitcher gets the win. That's the only one person gets to win,
5: Stan. (laughs) (laughs) You know that Ham Jam made some comments about hooking back up with you guys. So you can try and swing by her shop on the way out, or you can just head straight to the I'm
0: Going ham jam, if, if, there's, if there's prizes to be had and glory to be to be won, I want it. I want the, all the glory. Um, Todd, I, I don't disagree with that, but do you mind if we stop somewhere where I can get some clothes first? Uh, you can stop wherever you want. I don't talk to people who's naked. You're talking to them right now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but we're all, you know, the whole we're stuck linked together thing. You got to come with
3: technically
1: if he walks far enough you can be naked and be him
4: <laughs> so yeah we can't walk
0: that far away guys now do you remember
1: <laughs> yeah there you go there you go there you
3: go is there um a photo of tia and the kids Ognum doesn't have to be in it
5: yeah um Ognum isn't really a Ton of pictures around the workplace guy. There's one little corner back by where he typically puts the pentagoons in tubes to shoot rays at them. <laughs> and off to one side of that, there's like a wheelie cart with a couple of scrying mirrors uh, attached to it to observe readings when he beams them.
1: Goddamn zap corner.
5: Yeah, the zap corner. Yeah. And on that wheelie cart, there is. Like a bifolding picture frame. In one side is a picture of Tiet and the kids, and on the other side of it is like a picture that the kids have drawn of Ognum. That's really the only thing that you find in the lab.
3: I'm going to take that.
5: Give me a slide of hand check. <laughs>
3: Oh, that's
5: a ten. Okay, there we go. I don't have roll twenty always open for role play sessions. Uh, that's and this is an audio podcast. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, it's an audio medium. <laughs> it's an audio. Medium. <laughs> I mean, look, Jazz was doing fucking space work earlier for his shield. I didn't get a hard time about it because he was doing some cool RP. So yeah, you're able to grab it, no problem. But the party sees you take it. Ognum doesn't notice because he's packing up.
3: I mean, it's going to be sh- slurped into my body, so I wasn't too concerned about. <laughs>
5: <that>. <laughs> but I'll have it folded in just there. So, fate, you can you can scrabble around and find an old lab coat of Ognum's and wrap it around your waist to kind of fashion a makeshift kilt to go out into the city in as you guys head to Ham Jam's. You can certainly try and stop by a tailor or something on the, on the way out. I will remind you guys that there was a lot of LimeStagram feeds of your actions in the, uh, in the Field of Madness, and a couple of you did not come out looking so hot at the end of the day.
3: What? <sighs> Eldrin, we could have gotten you sponsored or something. Gotten some free clothes. Mm-hmm. Then you had to kill Fabio.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I fed him the apple that you gave me. I didn't know. That
3: was poisoned.
1: <laughs> you didn't tell me it was poisoned.
3: I didn't know it was poisoned.
0: <laughs> I thought you were a ranger, sir. I thought you know about apples and such and things.
3: Yeah. That's my first time seeing an apple
1: didn't make a nature check at all no I I, I, I mean I knew it was an apple <laughs> you are bad at your at your rangerness <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a detect poison skill uh, I just have a don't you a find food skill uh
5: <laughs> <laughs> so Eldrin's powers of observation high. Eldrin's ability to take that information and turn it into actionable data pretty low
1: yep. I just know it's weird. <laughs> not not that great.
5: And then who blew the horse up? Remind refresh my memory real quick?
1: That was definitely Fate.
5: Yeah. What? When did I blow up the horse? Yeah. He threw
3: the turtle
5: at it. Yeah. You you blew up a dead horse. <laughs> a beautiful beautiful dead horse. That's cuz I missed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You missed everything. You you, you,
1: didn't, you didn't drive well. You met. yeah, you, it was bad. I drove fine. It was a magical trinket horse though. Does that count? Like they <laughs> That'll
3: be your your statement. No. <laughs> we us go live right now. You <laughs> say it was a magic trinket horse. <laughs> it doesn't count.
5: <laughs> you didn't say that on camera, though. No. I could doing the podcast. I just got canceled. Apology. Look, <laughs> this is a challenging time for all of us, and I've got to do some real inner reflection. That horse meant a lot to me, even though, even though it was a trinket horse, <laughs> not a choking horse. That would be inappropriate. <laughs> All right, so you guys are heading to ham jams. Is there any other Do you guys want to stop at a tailor along the way or just head straight to ham jams? Fate you have extra clothes in the Winnie made Joe I'm
4: still going to a tailor i'm gonna get something to make uh make this uh this cardigan and hat and uh cloak like be a whole set. I need this to make a make a statement. You only had one complete outfit you only had one wait 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 A... a cr- a cardigan onesie,
0: a whole set? Like what? What is it? Do they do they sew together so that never happens again?
4: You don't lose your pants again? Not not like that. I need an outfit to make all this shit match. Is the point? I need a fit. I think you should get a onesie. Well, I want to get some shoes. All right, you ain't even got feet. even got feet. I cannot see.
1: And too many mouths. <laughs> Always too many mouths. Huh.
5: Okay, all right. You, so, what's the call then? Is it we go in off the rack, Ross, dress for less, or are we go in mid tier, or are you you're trying to go something fancy? Neiman Marcus.
4: <laughs> oh, um, fate does fancy everything. So, yeah, we're going like whatever Neiman Marcus is. Of course he
0: does. Hence his crushing debt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, you guys head towards the center of the city. That main thoroughfare that runs north to south, east to west, where some of the more traditional stores and shops for adventurers fresh back from an adventure to make impulse buys or the occasional tourists showing up to seek an adventure to solve a problem for them will, will spend some of their time. And you are able to find a oh, fucking let's go to the NPC Bank. <laughs> let's at least get some fucking mileage out of the old patron NPC Bank here. <laughs>
1: I have a quick question. Would Eldrin know that he's uh, infamous now and, and and to maybe not show his face to, to the public? Uh,
5: or What would be a social media savvy check for Eldrin? It's definitely something you're going to roll at disadvantage.
1: Yeah, yeah.
5: Todd's been signing my,
0: um, autographs as soon as he walked out the door. Is it insight? Do
5: you still have the, the charisma mullet? Discipline? Oh, fuck. He does have the charisma mullet.
3: Charisma mullet. Hey,
5: give me a 50-50 roll and call high or low before you roll it. Low... Jamie gets no mullets. We know that. <laughs> uh oh,
4: James got the slow rolls today. God damn it. <laughs> it's 82.
5: 82. You still have the Fabio. All right. And then, Maury, give me a, uh, just give me a D20 roll. Five. What looks like a, that's a massage gun. A massage gun <laughs> plurps out of the item matrix and is floating around your chest. <laughs> it is the massage gun of percussive maintenance. It can heal for 44 plus six health uh, once Ooh. out of combat. You have to spend a couple of rounds applying it. A good
0: session. A good session. Yeah.
5: You really, you really got to get in there. <laughs> 44 plus six. And since I'm saying out of combat, let's do three times a day. So you've got that for the rest of the day, floating around inside you. Cool.
0: So Todd, since walking out there, he knows he's a celebrity in town because he just won the big race. He's just signing autographs regardless if people are asking for it.
1: He's just he's just just signing autographs walking walking through. Just taking paper from people and just putting your name on it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> wow. All right. What a dick. Champion, all right, Eldrin. I guess give me a perception check at disadvantage.
1: Uh, can I get that as a flat roll since I can take out my knitting needles? To uh- this
5: is for social social media, so no. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say no. This is a influencer perception check. Okay. Your knitting needles won't help you with that.
1: The first one is an 18. Mm. That's not good for the second one. The second one is not an 18. It is a nine. Mm, there it goes. That's just not good for the second one. <laughs> there it goes. Second one was a nine.
5: Yeah. I will say Aldrin is oblivious to the fact that that he was filmed. Aldrin doesn't fuck with fucking social media, man. We all know that. We, I think we are all, all safe to say Aldrin's not fucking with social media, so no, you wouldn't really have the wherewithal.
1: Okay, I'm just walking around, mullet, uh, glorious in the in the breeze, and... Uh...
5: It becomes fairly obvious pretty quickly there, because as you guys are walking down the street, you start to hear, nay! We say nay to you! Nay! <coughs> that the occasional passerby will see you and fate and stop and point at you and yell nay, in uh, what clearly was intended to be a punny admonition of your actions in the race it's okay for now but given a long enough timeline word might get back to the asatar if you guys keep tromping around the city so
3: oh shit
5: Mm,
4: that's not good
5: i don't know who that is
4: no
0: that's 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 my guy
5: yeah
4: you can't mess up my relationship i didn't do it Me and him
0: already got me and he doesn't like me. Mm.
5: All right, so you guys are able to find a uh, a bit of an upscale tailor. Are we
3: rested at all?
5: Yeah, you guys would have gotten a long rest at Ognum's lab overnight as he prepped for for the experiment to transfer his body back up. Oh, that's
4: good because Baba had me almost dead. I, I healed you.
5: No, you were rested before. Baba kicked your ass. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like if if that was not true, I would have been almost dead.
5: So uh you guys are able to find Rextacles Fudgets Fansorium. You uh you walk into it and it is I mean, it's a lovely store. It has got a number of men's, women's, and unisex gear for a variety of adventuring purposes. You see some stuff that's suited for the wilderness. You see some stuff that is suited for more skulking around the city at night. Things that would be well at home at the fanciest Lord's Dance or a ladies fencing tournament. And really just all superbly made in styles which range from like a very straightforward Dwarven military crisp line to something far more fanciful and changeable that you would see on a Air Genasi. It's a little bit more wispy. Mm. The one thing you do notice right away is that the the aisles are fairly wide and you hear from the back, one moment, I'll be right with you. Uh, Welcome to Rexticle's Fudget Fansorium. Then you hear a clopping as a extremely well-appointed centaur. Oh no. Oh. Comes striding out of the back.
1: Fuck!
5: Oh, no. At the moment, extremely focused looking down, polishing some wire spectacles with these rose-colored lenses on them that they slide onto their face. And it's one of those things where they slide them on and they look up with the smile of a solicitous salesperson.
3: As he's cleaning his glasses, could Mori throw the disguised self hat on Eldrin and turn him into Baba? (laughs) I tell him to think to turn himself into Baba? (laughs) Or somebody else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What, why? What?
3: You're not good with the horse people right now, my guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah.
5: <laughs> We're going to slide a hand again. There's no other way to play this. Give me, give me a quick slide of hand, Maury, <laughs> to see whether or not you can get it squarely on his head or not. A slide a pseudopod.
4: Oh, 22.
5: All right, there we go. Now, Eldrin, give me a quick insight check to see if you pick up what Maury's putting down. DC ten. It's an easy one. Oh,
4: it, is it? Is it an easy one? Can I? Can I? Shit! You gotta say what the roll is.
5: I'm sorry. What? What, what was the roll? It's it's a six.
1: Can I? Can I use my my my, my knitting needles on that one? On, on advantage on insight roll? No.
5: Do you have to have them pulled out and be knitting with them to get, get the check? I do.
1: I have to be mimicking the act of knitting for it to.
5: Alright, here's what we can do. Here's the trade-off. I will allow it. But only because, through all all this time, Eldrin has picked up the habit of knitting.
1: Yeah, I do it like as a fidget thing. Yeah, (laughs)
5: Like he does it as a fidget thing and he is constantly knitting like arrow cozies (laughs) and bow warmers (laughs) and like mullet nets and all kinds. He's going to have to constantly be knitting. So if you'll make the commitment to work in searching for knitting supplies or shit that you are knitting... I will let this thing be out in this moment and give you advantage on the roll. I will do that. And yes, I am pandering to one very specific patron right the fuck now.
1: I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but
5: it is well worth it. So there you go.
1: Okay. I'm I'm knitting a small plush target owl uh, that I will be shooting in my downtime. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
5: All right. Then give me the, the second insight check to see if you are picking up on Maury's very very aggressive social cues.
4: Oh fuck! He's still gonna fail, isn't he? It's a three.
5: Oh! Oh no! my god! Older than that one. <laughs> <laughs> somehow even worse, and somehow even better, <laughs> because you're still committed to knitting now for the rest of time. <laughs> so you are so focused in on this owl, Al, Eldrin <laughs> because you have. Really been working with flatter patterns up to this point.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, arrow koozie or an arrow fucking cover is just like a little flat envelope. The owl was really much more of a challenge because you kind of do a, a, a rounded out shape. You just feel this hat flop onto your head and you look at Mori for a second confused. And I will say in that second, you don't pick up that she's saying something, but you do react and look at Mori. And now there are two Moris oh. standing And there. So there are these two gelatinous oozes standing next to a elf in a cardigan, a cape and a lab coat wrapped around his waist, (laughs) a tiefling who is chatting up one of the sales staff, signing their receipt book. They don't have a clue who I am. I'm just signing. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure a tabaxi that is shaking and empty. Mad Cat 2020 bottle somewhat frustratedly.
1: Can I at least roll for craftsmanship on the owl?
5: No, it's crappy. It it sucks. No.
1: If it's like a good quality or if it sucks.
5: You rolled the you rolled the three. (laughs) What do we want to use for your knitting rolls? Performance, slide of hand? Slide
1: of hand. Performance is not my best uh Oh, then definitely performance.
5: Then then definitely (laughs) performance, my man.
1: (laughs) It's it's I have a negative one in performance, so that's good. But I have, I have advantage right now because it's it's charisma.
5: It would be uh, something that has to do with your hands or your like your perception. So I would say sleight of hand. I would say probably sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah. There
1: we go. At least I got a plus three in that one. Still going to be bad. You've been rolling like crap today, so this is going to be fun. I have. Yeah. There we go. That's that's better. That's a 20. That's a dirty 20.
5: <laughs> that's the roll that mattered. Yep. Okay. Dirty <laughs> 20 on your owl. It's
1: the best owl ever.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's great, man. You've even got colors in there that you didn't know you had in the yarn you were making. <laughs> so that pause in is the centaur not recognizing Eldrin as the the horse killer. And I'm going to just do a quick a quick social media check for him because fate's probably oof three okay doesn't pick up on fate being who fate is can't believe we're doing social media checks but here this this is this is where we found ourselves (laughs) y'all um well greetings adventurers this is certainly an interesting situation we find ourselves in this afternoon. What can I do for each and every one of you, although some of you may be more difficult to fit than others?
4: Uh, y- yes, yes, my good sir. Um, I am here because um, in our adventures I have lost most of my attire. In-
5: <coughs> sir, I apologize. This is a family establishment, and your dick is out. Could you (laughs) just step over to the fitting rooms? We'll get you a sarong or something. Thank you.
4: Uh, Actually, yes. Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, I'll step right over here. You say? Thank you.
5: Yep. Yeah, that'll do. Okay. He ushers you over to a changing area, slides you into a booth, and then slides a sarong through in a minute, so you're able to come out. With something going on. Okay, what what can I, what can I do for you, so now that you are more appropriately attired for my establishment?
4: Let's start with pants. Um I just I just need something to kind of put the rest of this ensemble to bring it together. I've got this cardigan, I like, I've got my hat, and I just want to make this a full outfit and preferably not have my dick out, as it were. So
5: Oh my my dear, my dear sweet clueless wizard child, do you think all it takes to complete an outfit is pants? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks over at, at you, Todd, and, and sees the leather pants, and he looks over at Algernon and Maury, <laughs> and he sees the two blobs. and he looks back. You really have to be fully appointed. Um <laughs> Back to your question. Uh yes, I do. Oh well, I I don't I don't know if we just have pants. Um we've got we've got adventuring gear trekking gear we've got uh we've got ball gowns and and suits i do have um some artificer coveralls <laughs> that are um specifically emblazoned with the logo of this year's evaluative derby on it and since the evaluative derby is over and was particularly bloody this year I'm pretty sure I can let those go for a discount.
3: Oh, sir, we were brought here because we are the winners of the evaluative derby. Don't you recognize this man? Says the (laughs) blob. Shut the fuck up! (laughs) up! (laughs) Oh no! Well, you don't recognize this man because he was a silent sponsor of the winners and not involved in the race at all.
5: (laughs) What (laughs) are you doing? inside check (laughs) that's gonna be a three on the inside check (laughs) oh and while you are doing that just watching you just gesticulate and jiggle (laughs) okay i uh no i i can honestly say i don't recognize any of this and this is a very like i see a lot of weird things in the city and I will say you all have made my Tuesday.
0: Um, <laughs> does that clothes have the the winner's face on it
5: of the derby? Do do you see that on a lot of... <laughs> is that like when they win the Wizard Bowl, do they immediately present everybody with jerseys with their faces sewn into them? <laughs> That's a lot to put on. Even in a world of fantasy and imagination, that would be a lot to put onto one garment, sir. I mean...
0: Um, With a one-day turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Listen, at the Super Bowl, they have champion—they have champion shirts for the winner and the loser. They don't know who's gonna win, but they make both champion shirts. Yeah, I didn't have them prepared before every race. <laughs> I assume that there's a shirt made for all of the winners, people, the possible contestants. And when the winner wins, that's the shirt that they goes on sale. And I just happen to be the captain on it. That's an
1: awful lot of waste.
0: That's incredibly wasteful. It's not wasteful. These shirts go to other, helpful, uh, other people in other countries so that they never have to see it.
5: I mean, good Lord. Just think of what that money could be better spent on than creating... Clothes just to be thrown away? It's never thrown away. It is used
0: and given to other needy adventurers who may not have the money for clothes. So they go other countries. They get the loser gear. Their idea of charity is making poor people dress like losers? Yeah. What a cruel hoax. It works. What a cruel hoax. It, it, it works. It works. It's- mm. <laughs> mm.
2: Listen, listen hating on capitalism was season two. So...
5: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Right, right, right. We're going to get into some fiscal responsibility things down the road. (laughs) And and more than a little bit of satire about academia, but uh, the money thing was like, so um, I tell you what, because we'd like to get something done this episode. (laughs) Here, take the fucking coveralls and go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's, a, it's a onesie. You get—is it, is it a full onesie? Yes, it's full onesie. Yeah, it's a jumper. You
1: got it. You got a
5: jumper. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: It's 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 uh, it. It will do. It will do.
5: Do you do
3: customizations, Fate, Do you want your name embroidered on it?
4: <laughs> I no 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 no. Thank you. No thank you.
3: He wants his name embroidered on it. No thank you. Oh
4: what? No thank you. What
5: is his name then? Could, his full name. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no thank you no thank you good sir that, uh, i'm th- sorry what he
2: he would definitely like his name embroidered on it
5: <laughs> oh god well, we can we can
3: do that very quickly destiny
5: yes please please do not please do not listen to these and he snaps his fingers and a male and female fairy flit out with really sharp needles in the hand like, "Wait, we'll get it going right now let's go what's the full name buddy <laughs>
2: fater tater, actually.
5: Fader tater. Ooh. ooh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, 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 no,
5: no. And they zip, 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 zip. they fly around, and now, not like a little bit over the over the breast, but a giant arcing fader tater pff, in gold fucking embroidery across the chest of this dark blue coverall.
2: This is beautiful. This is beautiful. I love it.
5: <laughs> Success.
2: not even mad
1: about that. Nope. You're welcome. That's a good one, Baba.
2: Baba Baba high fives or high slimes Maury.
1: Woo!
3: I'll make a hand for that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Rexticus steps back and goes, well, and looks at fate now in a coverall, a dark blue artificer's coverall with the evaluative derby badges on the sleeves and giant gold embroidery script across the chest. Fader Tater, underneath a cardigan, wearing a cloak that looks like it's made of a manta ray skin. <laughs> well, normally I would be absolutely loath to let someone leave me my store looking like this, but uh, I eyes, Maury, any eyes, Eldrin? I think I'm okay with it. I think I can live with it. This is fashion. Thank you so much for your patronage. Mm-hmm. Ha- have a
4: lovely rest of your day. <sighs> what's the name of this? What's the main name of this establishment again?
2: You looking for it on Melp? Is that what you're doing? He's you got it.
1: One star review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to make sure that I can recommend this place to as many people as possible. <laughs> Somehow he looked better with the dick out than now. It's just
2: <laughs> it's way worse now. Did you did that? I'm not sure if that came out the way you meant for it to come out.
5: Or it did. I mean, look. Like. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: nope.
1: <laughs> I said what I meant. I meant what I said. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh okay. Oh name. No, I judgment Where again. the
5: fuck this this name has vanished into the ether?
1: <laughs> Re- Rex? Uh, no. What? Was no Rex. <laughs> Re- Rexorium. Rexicles. Rexicles. That's it.
5: Rexicles. Rexicles fudget fansorium Okay. So all right. Uh, anything else that you guys want to do now that fate is. Clothed. He's got a whole look going.
4: It's, it's a look. It's it's there's something
5: Mission Mhm.
4: Fate is fate is begrudgingly wearing clothes at this point.
5: You guys head over to Ham Jam's workshop deep in the heart of the artificer block, which is nice cuz that's back over towards one of the gates to head out into the uh to the prairie to get into the Winemajo. And right as you guys walk up, uh, Ham Jam is shutting the door and locking it and the her elf assistant Champagne Pink. Champagne Pink has got this massive wooden box and he stops and, oh, just headed to meet you guys out by the winn and the Todd Rod's already out there. I was going to surprise you with some gifts, but um, you're here at my shop. So cool. Let's, I guess, go back inside. That was a scene that the DM came up with for no fucking reason. (laughs) Let's just go back in here. Do you want to walk there together? No, no, we'll do this here. I'm not fucking leaving the city. (laughs) I can't stand the ones. I'm an (laughs) artificer. The whole thing, i was going to be sitting on Champagne Pang's back with a fucking, while he was in a tabletop position, I had a writing crop and everything. It was going to be cool, but no, let's just go in here. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fucking look in the box. Come on. What's in the box? Nope. Well, at least I can safely say we accomplished resolving that whole fate stickout situation. Huzzah! It's time to thank our Patreon supporters and talk about what they get for supporting the Party of Five. So thank you to Daniel, El Chupacabra, Ken, Kirk, Malohi Mr. Smee, Sundance Sid. The next time you see Todd, he'll be more than happy to sign anything you need or want, and will only charge a minimal talent fee to do so. A roboticized private eye. Barred out of hell. Bryce. Cosmic Worm. Monsieur Babby Dean. Don't use good yarn on bad conspiracies. You see what I did this episode? Yeah, that's right. Dreekin. Eric. Karbeniki. Miles. New names only. Welcome to the episode where Maury officially proves herself as a trickster ooze to replace your trickster cleric. Hannah. Yogan. Galavi Helveti. Garlock is best girl. I know that is not a Swedish accent, but Carlock is, this is the voice you get for Carlock. Loki the Angry Dwarf, Martian, Renby, Thomas, while most of Taliesin may have canceled Eldrin, at least he can be sure that you haven't, because it says so on the checks that you send us. Which, by the way, guys, you know you can do digital transactions, right? You don't have to send us the physical check. Come on. Andrew, Josh, I mean, look, I know you're a little bit disappointed that he put it away. Let your man have some dignity. Alright? Anytime you want him to take it back out, just let fate know. Send him a message. You should be in the Discord. He is obliged to accommodate. Bill, Dr. Death, Gibbons Camp, Matt, Professor Flattop, Saga, Zork, and Resident Alpha Patron Lee. That was a lot from Baba this episode. It was a lot. It didn't seem like a lot, but that was a lot. That was a lot of Baba emotion. Are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? I felt like we went on a whole journey in just five lines, and I'm only talking a little bit of shit there. Anyway, at least Baba knows that you would never interrupt his most cherished ceremonies. And fuck, fate just doubled down on it at the end. That little fucking, and so might we all comment? Jeez. Oof. That is, uh, that's an attitude. Anyway, what do these people get for supporting the party of five? Well, a bunch of them just got a bunch of shit. T-shirts went out. A couple of pint glasses went out. A bunch of stickers went out. They also get bonus podcasts, bonus lore drops, bonus video content. We are firing up the Talk 3.0, and yes, I am reposting that video tonight because I realized there was some secret shit that I posted originally at the beginning of it that I didn't edit out, but we get into how we're going to handle me convincing the entire cast to enter into a Kumite where whoever gets the most show promotion prior to the next Gen Con earns the right to assign which Zelda costumes we wear on Saturday at Gen Con. In an effort to leverage the competitiveness of mainly Harland to get Harland to cosplay in public, not just as Todd, but as whatever character inevitably he gets assigned when somebody else, probably Maury, the promotional contest. So, yeah, uh, that's a whole thing because what we're talking about is everybody except one cast member uh, agreed. Um, so we're doing it the uh, the next con we go to or or in some other fashion to be determined prior to gen con next year there will be a contest the winner of said contest which will be tied to promoting the show will receive the costuming rights to assign the following costumes to the other cast members to be worn in public as a group number one there will be a Link costume, possibly from Tears of the Kingdom, possibly classic Link, it's open. Number two, there will be a Zelda costume, not Sage or whatever Alter Ego is, but Zelda Zelda. Number three, uh, there will be a Tingle costume. We know somebody will already have one by that point. We know there will be a, hey, listen, sprite costume costume. And uh, we talked about some other kind of fancier ones, but probably we'll go with Epona, and maybe I can get the six person on board if that's the option that they get to they get to pick, because that's just a horse head mask, which is kind of funny, now that I think about it. Anyway, that'll be there. That's happening. Gen Con, d 50th anniversary. We're going big, so uh, keep an eye out for that. More details to follow. Um, So all all kinds of shenanigans like that. They get to influence the show, provide content. Look, man, it's a really cool hang. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash GMDLCast. Um, I know the last couple of months have been kind of tough between uh, us actually doing a couple of cons and then uh, just a bunch of uh, real-life disruption across the entire cast, yours truly included. Uh, Hopefully that is largely resolved away and we'll be banging out a little bit of extra content. Uh, We set content goals at the beginning of the year. And come hell or high water, I plan on getting as close to those as possible by year end's finish. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, But anyway, look, there's a lot going on right now, and you might not be able to financially support the show. We understand completely. Get in the Discord, hang out with us. We just we want your companionship more than anything else. Compan companionship. Wow, that that went a really needy place. Sorry. You know, get in the Discord, hang out, uh, and then tell some other people about the show. That's it. Word of mouth. Tell other people about the show because sure. Me taking the promo we recorded like two months ago and actually getting it edited and pushed out to other shows would be a great way to promote the show. Another way, though, the most useful way is word of mouth. One in five people decide which podcast they should listen to next by the advice of one of their friends, family, coworkers, uh, the whole nine. And, uh, you know, you could be one of those people. You could make more people hear about the Todd Rod or Fates Rod Wand. I'm not sure what we're going with there. Uh, one in five. Uh, like if we lose that, that would be like losing one of the party of five, like Todd. And who, who's going to re- sign random passerby's receipts and grocery lists and to do lists? I don't know what the fuck else would they have? Scrolls as the w- winner of the evaluator Derby If we didn't have Todd, nobody. That's who. And the world of Taliesin would be better for it. So, oof. Wow, it's been a while. Sorry. Uh, anyway, on that note, thank you for your time. We appreciate you listening absolutely appreciate you joining us in our little corner of the actual play universe thank you again and most of all hope you enjoyed the show I know. Yes, that's, um, yes, I I know. You said that at some point that uh, if I kept living my life the way that I was living it, I would absolutely end up in a clockwork body or perhaps transformed into a gaseous mass. Well, congratulations. You win this round.
3: Well played.